from the Horror Vision Press. Sean C. Baker's Shadowplay Book 1, Kim and Jesse. If our reflections woke up, would they hate us? Would they envy our world? Would they try to take it? Two worlds on a collision course, and 15-year-old Jesse Roberts is caught in the middle. Shadowplay Book 1, Kim and Jesse, is available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. Also available, a collection of desires, seven tales of modern horror. These seven tales bring the horror home to our modern world. Welcome to another episode of A Most Horrible Library. I'm Sean. And I'm Chris. And our guest tonight is Jeremy Hahn. Uh, he is the author most recently of The Red Mother from Boom Studios, which is outstanding. Issue 12 just came out, wrapped it up. Uh, we're going to find out if there's going to be more. He also did The Beauty at Image Comics. Um, most uh, 2007, he did Narcoleptic Sunday. I just finished reading that. Really cool. Uh, I believe out of print. He also did uh, the realm. That, that's a good. That's a good spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jeremy. Hey. How uh, are you? No, not bad. So nice Dracula yeah. poster. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I love that poster. It's a. Uh, it's a, uh, kind of fun to have you know, uh, bits of old horror you know stuff in my studio. So I like it. Definitely. Is that a Mandy poster above you? It is. It's. Uh, I, I went to the <laughs> the uh, premiere night at the Egyptian, and uh, it was the best. It's like everybody that sees a movie, I'm who feels it's lackluster, which isn't many people. But I'm always like, I wish you could have seen it the way that I saw it because it rocked my fucking socks off. Who thinks Mandy is lackluster? I don't know. I've encountered a couple people that are like, oh yeah. I, I feel. I feel like both of those people kind of suck. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. What what, what did you think? Now, were you able to see Mandy? Um, did you see it in the theater? Did you see it at home? Uh, I saw it at home. I have a pretty good system. And okay. uh, I don't know. I also, I, I, I love his aesthetic so much. I, you know, I, I'm, as, as, throughout this conversation, I think what you're going to realize is that I just love horror, and so nice. Like, like, <laughs> like uh, I, I, I never consider myself a critic at all with with stuff. I, I, I'm more there just because I love this stuff. I, you know, I want to experience it. It's important to me to uh, have more horror in my world. So anytime that something just doesn't out and out like completely suck, I, I'm probably in for it. Uh, agreed totally agreed i'm i'm really happy to hear you that you love horror so much and i mean it, i feel like it, it shows in your work but you know you, you never know 
So, uh, by the way, uh, I'm Sean, and that's Chris. I guess we should do that. So the, the whole, you know, <laughs> the, the, the proper, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, thank you for being on the show. Absolutely. Yeah, big time. Thank you. So you know, oh, go ahead. I was going to say this. You know, this. I, I do. You know, you end up doing a lot of podcasts because I mean that's part of part of the deal. But I think that mm-hmm. like podcasts that also have you know well as much as i love just straight comics and stuff like that like like getting into anything horror related i'm always you know really excited about so yeah it's good yeah that's good yeah because because this this uh this show here is um you know under the the umbrella of um the horror vision which is our other um what, what would you call that parent podcast yeah, it's, I like guess. The, it's like the parent and we, we chris and i did a show called drinking with comics for years and it, it's kind of on hiatus but that was like at our friend's comic shop here in in the south bay and as you know i mean especially now it's it was more of a live show than a podcast it always did better as a podcast but we would right. film it and edit it and put it on youtube and whatever but um we started doing the horror vision because i'm a, I've always been a horror fan, and so is Chris, but also I love comics and I've always read comics. But the comics community has gotten really kind of weird over the last, I'd say, five or six years. You think? Really? It's still weird. <laughs> but, but I don't just mean like weird, like, uh, you know, uh, Green Lantern number 181. You know, I mean, like, starting with some of the, I guess what they refer to as Comics Gate and stuff like that. There, oh, there yeah. were times when I would actually be like, man, I don't. I don't know that I want to like participate in this community right now. And horrors community is just amazing. So it always just feels so comforting. <laughs> well, I think it's really funny with when you look at the comics community, which should be more vibrant and happy and inclusive. Uh, it's just, it's not, it's it, it, anymore. It's, it's really taken a, a weird turn. And then you look at horror films, which is, terror and blood and splatter and dark, dark examinations of the soul. But my God, people are just like excited to be there and happy and having a good time. And give me that. that that's, that's what I, that's yeah. what I need more of in my world right now. So yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I also think that, that it's pretty amazing when you realize that how hungry, uh, the horror industry, the horror fans are for good content. And it's hitting this point where they don't even, they don't particularly care if it's a comic book or what it is, you know, they're going to, they're going to check it out. Yeah, definitely. So I guess, so to talk about that, um, like what would you consider and it doesn't necessarily have to just be horror, but like, what are like the influences on, I'm going to specifically ask you about Red Mother later, but like on you as a writer, like what are your, what do you think are your biggest influences? Um, you know, when I was a kid, um, I, my mother worked at this, um, this little, little dime store, this little drugstore, dime store. And we were incredibly poor growing up. And um, she would come home. The guy that owned the place would let, once you tore off the covers of the comic books on the spinner rack, she would bring me a stack of books. I mean, I, I was 
three, four, and five years old, you know, when she was working there. And so I always would get a stack of comics, and we're talking late 70s here. So it was superhero stuff, but it was also like weird horror stuff. And, and um, you know, I, I would I would get weird horror stuff. I'd get like, you know, Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu, and and Archie comics and like I this really broad gamut of stuff. And I think that that, that early on that, that really, I, I read really early. Um, and, and I think that played a lot into it. Um, those things, you know, those comic, those early comics led me into reading and, and kind of, you know, prose and, and, um, for me, I think the game changer was in third grade. Uh, my in the third grade, my my third grade teacher kind of saw that I was reading a lot, reading way above a third grade reading level, and uh, she showed me this book, The Hobbit. And nice, she's like, nice. She's like, "Hey, you know, I think you know the stuff that you're into. You read a lot of comics. You know, I always bring comics into class, and I take them from you. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you. You should you should read, but read." this and so and i and i read that and fell in love with that and then spent you know the next the next months reading that and then you know the fellowship of the ring the two towers and return of the king and then um and then some really like i i just dove deep into that and she kept then she would show me you know the wheel of time books and and uh c.s lewis's stuff that was all fantasy but then i realized that like there were themes in, even in that that I kept going back to that I really I really liked the kind of weird stuff. Like mm-hmm. the, the stranger it was or the creepier it was, the more I enjoyed it. And um, uh, I was recently telling a story about this this probably right around the same time, third grade or so. I had this buddy that would bring his older brother's issues of Fangoria to uh to school and 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 i was seeing i was seeing these brutal moments from friday the 13th or like like the first time i ever saw the uh the the werewolf change in american werewolf in london oh yeah was was in those shots in fangor and you get to see like how disturbing it was that shot of him holding up his hand and like screaming at his distended hand it's all stretching out yeah yeah like, <laughs> like, like those so i had this fascination with like weird horror stuff and even some like gore which actually really made me feel sick at the time uh but like and, and i and i hit this point where like i was just absorbing all of that and mm-hmm. it, it was this um Short, shortly, or like right around that time, I don't know if the, the maybe the too many Fangoria magazines kind of led me into being to beginning to be scared of everything. I know that um, I started I started really having this fear of like Freddy Krueger's character in A Nightmare on Elm Street when it, when he popped up, and I and and somehow we we moved from from Joplin where I lived in with my grandparents when when my parents got a divorce, we moved down there. And it was on this farm out in the middle of nowhere in oh, the dark. Wow. Uh, and it was, it was a pig and cattle farm. And um, like pigs scream in the yeah. night. Like, oh, yeah. They, they, <laughs> and, and so I was in this weird, you know, I, I liked my, I love my grandparents and I love being on the farm when we would visit. But like, this was like, 
every night during the summer in the heat with the windows open and this, you know, the screams of those pigs out there, you know, fighting and, you know, the, the cicadas out, you know, outside the window. Um, and you know, this was about the time that I was probably now 12 or so. And I was just terrified of everything. I was so scared, scared of the dark, scared of being, you know, in this, the, we, the room that we were in, my brother and I sh- shared a room upstairs in this old creaky dark house. But there was, it was my uncle, my uncle's old room. And because there was so much stuff piled up in this one part of the room, there's like a divider. But there was this closet that could never close. <laughs> oh no. And I looked at that closet every night. I was, I'd lay there shocked still in bed and I would look at that damn closet and I would just, I, I, I knew something was in there. And um, finally I had enough and I went back to those earlier days and I said, I'm so scared of everything. I'm going to watch every horror film at our local video store to, uh, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to, I'm going to beat it out of me basically. And uh, you know, they, they didn't, that guy didn't give a shit. He, he really didn't care about what we rented at all. You know? Right, and, right. Uh, Back then they did. Yeah, well, and, and like, you know, by this point, you know, a single mother and we, we had gotten our own place and, you know, I, I, had a, I had a TV and I'd stay up late, but I'd have this stack of, you know, horror films. And, you know, I mean, watching every single thing from, you know, like, uh, like, I mean, My Bloody Valentine to uh, all of the 80s slash, you know, all the way through all of the the Friday the 13th movies, the Halloween movies, you know, I, uh, I had this weird obsession with Ghoulies. Uh, you know, there were, <laughs> oh, there were so many. First Ghoulies is solid, man. Oh, wow. It, it, it really it, is. And, it really know, is. Um, but, um, but I really found that like, I, I've made my way through these and, and in the beginning it was really, it was terrifying because, you know, I, 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 I was going through alphabetically through the whole thing, but I would intentionally also be like, okay, you know, I may be in the A's right now or, you know, in the B's, but I was going to go ahead and pick the one with the cover that really, really upset me there was this uh there was this this movie it kind of ended up being like a island of dr moreau sort of thing called screamers that uh it was it, it had like a like a almost like a skeletal like creature with like musculature on it uh on oh the i know the one you're talking red. oh my god yeah and and it was this but it's a screaming skeleton kind of thing uh on on the cover of of the vhs tape and that one really scared the hell out of me and but then i watched it and i'm like i don't know it's kind of silly about this these gill men from atlantis or whatever and it was fine but 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 i i what i found was in this really influential point in my life where my parents were divorced uh, we were living instead of the city. We were living out in the country. I, I found horror films 
And I specifically like completely reinvigorated my love of movies, of, of books. I started, I, I, um, I picked up Stephen King's The Dark Tower, uh, oh. that trade paperback, that initial uh, gunslinger trade paperback that came mm-hmm. out. It was at Walmart. Uh, and um, I, I started, I read that, which then led me to The Dark Half, which, you know, like like all of these things ended up hitting in the best sort of way and just created this soup of weird love of genre storytelling comic books horror novels and uh here i am today that was a long ass <laughs> answer I apologize. no that was yeah. a great answer and let me just say sir that you put me in that farmhouse like you know you really set the stage i mean i could I could just, you know, the way you described the closet that wouldn't close and the, the you said you and your brother share the room upstairs, like the creaking and, and the pig screaming. I, I mean, the firefly or the cicadas and the open windows. And I mean, I, I feel like I really got what you were sending. Like I received it and I mean, just, wow. I mean, and that's so cool too, because so, okay. You said you were about, um, did you say you were about 12 when your parents divorced and you moved out into the country? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, it was, um, I think I was 12. It was like, like between fifth and sixth grade. And yeah. and so it sounds like that was, so then that's where you are realize that you're afraid of a lot of things and you set, sort of set out on this mission to like desensitize yourself or to like acclimate or to, to ingest and like, you know, use the, the being afraid, like, unconventionally to your benefit so it's almost like embrace the fear yeah you know and it it just seems like you used it to kind of you know metamorphosize and and form a chrysalis and like emerge as as something different that could cope now because i mean that's that's really that's 12 is a stressful time in anybody's life right i mean it's insane even if you're in the best (laughs) conditions so you mix in all that stuff i mean that's that's pretty hectic well, I, I think that, you know, I'm grateful for that time. I mean, for, for what, for as, for as hard and, and, you know, terrifying and I guess in some ways lonely as that was, it made me into who I am today. It actually mm-hmm. gave me ammunition for the rest of my life. I mean, there's also something about like, I, I have two young sons now and one's not, so one's just turned 16, but the other one's 11. But we talk a lot about, you know, they both love horror movies and creepy things and, and because I do. But um, we talk a lot about like giving something power over you, you know, and, and I think that's a mm-hmm. theme throughout, especially horror films. You know, you, mm-hmm. you, you know, you, you can literally that that is that is one of the biggest tenets of, of Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. Mm-hmm. Like like, you know, you give him power over you and he becomes stronger. Yep. You know, Dream Warriors Part Three, which might be my favorite, actually. Uh, you know, really, it had that thing. It was like, you know, as long as they gave him strength, he was more powerful. When they mm-hmm. took that away, you know, he, he he lost that. And I talked to my boys a lot about the idea that, like, a monsters are cool. Like, like mm-hmm. if if you look at the creatures, the monsters, all these things, they're cool, and they're and and there's always a little bit more to them than, than meets the eye. But B, 
if you learn to control how something affects you for the rest of your life, you, you can kind of deal with anything, you know, if you can, if you can watch something and not, and not, you know, cower, Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're probably a a little more equipped for things in life, you know, like hard things in life. And, you know, and I, you know, now one of my favorite things is, I want to feel again like I did at 12 on that farm that like, like for me, anytime that I write something or draw something, I want to put myself in that headspace of feeling like that, you know, uh, a lot of horror films now, and it's not, and you know, it's, it's, I don't think it's as much because horror, I don't want to ever make it sound like horror isn't good or is great now there's amazing stuff constantly coming out but like the moments don't always get me in the same way as they did you know right. and, and and i seek that i i so want to feel like that again and even though you know um even though i may watch a movie and there may be something in it that kind of has an effect it may not be the exact right comp because the things that scare each of you are not necessarily the things that scare me. Mm-hmm. So when I write those things, it's my job to be like, okay, this is the stuff that messes me up. This is the stuff that gets me. And if I can do that, I know it's going to hit the same way with a reader on some mm-hmm. level. Is there, so I, I love that you say that w- when you write something, you try and go back and like draw from that experience at, at 12. And is there, is there like a way that you, you know, I mean, systems and rituals and like, I, I, I write as well. And there's certain things I do and it sometimes it changes too. So do you have like, you always go to a certain place or, you know, you, you prime yourself with a certain song or a certain band or, or, you know, whatever. I mean, is there any kind of system or ritual you use to, to try and, and conjure that feeling? Yeah, or, or you just put the headphones on and just listen to screaming pigs. Right. Right. Just over and over again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, I just, you know, uh, well, I, I, I love that's actually a great question. Um, I, I'm a very experiential writer in a lot of ways. Like, like I, I don't take it too far, but like, I love writing in weird places. I love, um, you know, a couple friends tease me that like, one of my favorite things to do is explore old buildings now. So I like nice. to go through urban decay or old houses or places in, in, in the woods. And I'm always, I'm always seeking this, this feeling. I'm, I'm not, and this, I think this is another thing is I'm not really, I'm, I'm kind of a, a I'm not a believer. I, I don't, I don't, I, I would love to believe in more in the supernatural and all these things. I, I don't, um, I, I mostly just because I've never felt that ever in my mm-hmm. life, but I still think that there's something in us that kind of does sort of tap into something when it's a little weird, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, you, you, you have this, like this pull from like the center of you at certain times. And I love walking through old buildings or whatever. And it may be the same thing that people are describing as the feeling of ghosts or whatever it is. I just call it, you know, discomfort or something like that. But I, I walk through old buildings as long as I know it's safe and I'm not going to fall. Right, right. I'll walk through places in like the dark or in low light mm-hmm. because I actually like the idea 
I, I've joked about this before, and I even wrote about it in a story recently. But um, if if I if I walk through an old building and there's a monster in there or something like that, as long as I can see it before I die terribly, it can eat me. Like that's <laughs> you know. But but I'm but I'm not gonna I'm you know I I don't I I. I don't, I almost court that. I almost want that right, right. thing. I don't ever, I haven't ever had it, but, um, but I love going and exploring old buildings and weird places and various things. And one of the things that I, I started to do was I realized that if I could put myself physically in a place that was not my home studio, uh, you know, at my, my house, my studio, I draw there. That's predominantly what I do. I found it really difficult to write there because all of my surfaces are kind of at an angle and, you know, they're, they're, they're made for drawing and, you know, it's, it's, or, or it's a couch that's way too comfortable. And I just want to <laughs> take a nap with my cat or something like that. But, um, so I, I started writing in places that created a feeling and I got out of the house and, um, you know, I did the coffee shop thing for a while when we could actually go out and be in the yeah, world, I guess. Right. But, um, but then um, we, we, um, we started revitalizing a lot of old buildings in downtown Joplin where we live. And so we have a couple of friends that, that do the same thing. And uh, our, my friend Jeff has this old building. It's like a huge warehouse kind of building. It's multi-storied. Uh, it's fr- from like an old, um, old department store from back in the in the 50s and uh it's it was completely abandoned and he's getting ready to re- revitalize the building but there was this room in there and it was cool and creepy as hell and i was like can i write a story in there and he was he's like it's not air conditioned and it's not heated he's like if you can handle it you know like you know go with god and so i i I went in and uh, I wrote um, seven, eight issues of the Red Mother in in that space. Oh wow! And I would put on uh, creepy soundtracks with like ambient noise and write in this room. And I would, I would, I my my writing ritual is kind of goofy, but like I would try to stay as late as I could. So I'd actually have to walk out of this place through through down these stairs and oh, through wow. this you know labyrinthian space uh, in the dark uh, because I kind of just wanted to get that feeling and um, I, so I do stuff like that I I, I I like a feel and each project I kind of do a little differently and I go someplace and I have different places that I write um, I wrote uh, recently I took a small sabbatical. Um, I don't know if I romanticize Stephen King characters in the way that, you know, you'd in misery, you'd have him go and, you know, he'd, he'd write in a cabin in the, in the snow and yeah, mm-hmm. hopefully not get my legs <laughs> broken by a mad or cut off by a mad woman. But, um, but uh, you know, like I, I went and there's a, in Excelsior Springs, Missouri up by Kansas city, there is this hotel called the Elms and it's a haunted hotel. It's you know supposed supposedly. I mean, I, I I appreciate that they think it, but um, I never felt anything there. But I loved the experience of going there. So I mm-hmm. went and I wrote um, 
uh, wrote a lot there. And I just, I go to the, these places. I love the feeling of being inspired by an environment. I love, I love, you know, um, I'm sitting right now writing uh, my, my, my wife runs the downtown Joplin Alliance, which is a not-for-profit basically built around making Joplin better and prettier. And, uh, That's and, awesome. And our, our city market, we've revitalized the city market and upstairs are these offices. And so I got an office in, in, in there um, and I come as much as I can and write here now that COVID's going on and it's cold and I can't go right in old buildings. <laughs> I, need, right, right. I, I do need a little <laughs> bit of heat, you know, and, and uh, but you know, God, otherwise, yeah. otherwise they'll find you looking like Jack Nicholson at the end of the shining. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I think I'm tough enough, but I, uh, I do need a little bit of uh, heat and cool when it's not, it was, uh, <laughs> those October months or, you know, whatever, but you know, it, during, during spring or fall, during that perfect, like, I guess, what is it like two months out of the year? Basically I love riding in old weird places. That That's really cool. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, it, it, like, unfortunately for us down here in LA, we, we couldn't do anything like that because we'd end up getting stabbed by hobos. I, yeah. I feel like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there, there definitely are a few, like, I, I think while I think about the idea of monsters or whatever, it's like, you're probably just going to run into some homeless person that, you know, is just terrified with a old steak knife and they're going to get, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you, but you know, some of that is I, when I, when I was in college uh, it, years ago and I, I'm originally from Chicago. And so I was going to school for sound for picture in Chicago. And there was a guy f- there from Michigan and, and he just, it was shortly after the original Blair Witch Project came out. And I was, I like, I love that movie. And I, I say it's the second scariest movie I've ever seen because, you know, reading about it, there's all this stuff about how they actually, like the way they shot it, they really fucked with those three kids a lot and like followed them with a, a, mag, or a magnet to mess up their compass and threw stuff at their tent at night, and blah, 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 blah. And it just occurred to me that like, man, you're seeing real human fear at moments. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, you know, this guy's like, well, there's a abandoned insane asylum near where I live. And so we, we, it never happened, but I so wanted to go up there and just bring a camera and a sound crew and just walk through the thing. And I was like, you know what, Diego, maybe nothing will happen or most likely we'll run into like a homeless guy, but the actual fear that we capture on the tape, even if we probably never would have done anything, but I'd love to have that now just to have the raw emotion to revisit, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, that stuff is like, it's like a, a fuel tank and I don't know. It's so it's really interesting, like to go and write in these places. Like you say, I think that that's so cool. And, and yeah, like places I, I used to travel a lot more. I mean, we all did, but I mean, especially like a lot more. And I was always inspired when I was like on a train or in a hotel or, you know, like, just any kind of change of scenery. Yeah, or like there were just parts something of Ohio. That just deviates from the norm. Yeah, there were parts of Ohio. I remember there was one like near where my ex's parents lived, where there was just this highway, and for miles there was just these train cars, mm-hmm. and they were they were just there, like they were there every time for like a year that we went there. I'm like, I really, I got to go sit in one of those or something. She's like, You're out of your mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm the guy that like. Um, 
if we're on some kind of road trip somewhere, uh, I'm the guy that will make you turn around <laughs> and go and find some weird church or, or building or whatever in the distance that I see. It's like that in the, in the mouth of madness, you know, that, yeah, that yeah. Byzantine church that they visit. I'm always yeah. looking for that thing. I want to find the black church in the middle of a field somewhere yeah. with some unholy thing going on. So, that, you know, I, you got to go to Norway or Germany. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's where you'll find lots of those. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh man. That, I mean, and, and well, you should make, make the driver turn around to go to those places because I mean, I, yeah, I mean, it's just cool hearing about your fuel because we all have different fuel and that's it, it i feel like that definitely like when you said you read you wrote seven or eight issues of red mother of the red mother there um it makes sense because there is an architecture an architectural presence to the book i mean especially just because you know almost every issue right or, or actually every issue opens with those red scenes that you know mm-hmm. ultimately like you know telling you where we're going or whatever right. But almost as as visible to me as the actual apparition of the Red Mother in those scenes is what's around her. Mm. And then, you know, obviously, ultimately, by the end, it's all about the architecture of this place that Daisy and um, the artist, I'm blanking on his name, but have designed, right? And, like, she gets to experience first. No, you can be the first one, which I felt like should have been a clue a little bit. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. so with with the red mother so first of all is it is it done uh with issue 12 we we have finished this story yes yeah so do you intend on revisiting it now i know the red mother i believe says she's one of seven uh she's one of four yeah one of four four. okay so do you plan on revisiting daisy or the red mother or maybe some of the other mythology like the other three or do you just not even want to say what's what yet I'm so torn between being like super coy about this sort of thing. And if you want to be coy, like, no, I'm let me be offended. Tell, let me tell you everything. Let me let me don't, tell definitely you, um, don't tell me everything because I love yeah, going yeah, into stuff not knowing. You know, right? Because yeah, I got questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh I, well, and I, I think like you know, here, here's the thing. Why don't we do it like this uh, for the two of you and your audience? Feel free to ask me. You know, ask me what you want to ask me. I might play coy, but but ask. Yeah. Um, but but with but with this. Um, I I wanted a story that had a beginning, middle, and end. Like I needed to have an ending for Daisy, for Daisy's story. Um, um, is this the last time we're going to see Daisy? Probably not. Completely. Is this? Is are we ever going to have a Red Mother two? No, probably not. As as it is with like, we will probably not have another story about Daisy and the Red Mother as such. Um, I love Daisy's character, and I would like to revisit her on some level at some point. Um, the four and seven, the uh, the gods and their heralds, these old old entities. Mm-hmm. I want, I have more to tell. I, nice. I, I have been, um, I, I, I'm currently doing another book called 40 seconds over at comiXology. Okay. And, um, it's, it's like a, it's a, it's a very different from the red mother. It's a big 
universe jumping space science story, you know, about this forward team of, of explorers bouncing through the universe, through all these places, these gates. Um, but there's a little bit of the four and seven in that. And, oh. um, and then uh, if you go back the realm to realm, this project I did, there is, there is, part of that in there and um i i you know i don't want to ever try to seem like i'm you know like like i'm as good as some of the people that i i admire so much but you know um stephen king in in the uh the dark tower books you know you realize that the stand took place yeah. you know in the same web of places you know uh that that you know the that over here you'd get a, a representation of you know the crimson king and over here you'd get randall flag and all these things and i always loved that and and i don't so, know that i went into this completely knowing that i was doing that thing but mm-hmm. but um definitely uh probably about five years ago maybe a little bit more i realized that i had been building a lot of the same things into stories and weaving them in and um realized that it was very much even though you could have a story about a post-apocalyptic high fantasy thing like the realm or the red mother that's more straight horror or 30 or 40 seconds that is um that is more science fiction adventure. Mm-hmm. You could have all like similar elements, and mm-hmm. and I think that you know honestly the through line for all those is some horror elements, mm-hmm. and um, I'm bringing them in. I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah, well, like for with me, my, the very first uh, Stephen King book that I read, I think I was like fourth grade, maybe was uh, Eyes of the Dragon. Mm-hmm. So I read that and um, I'm like, okay, this is, you know, kind of right, right in my, my, my wheelhouse at the time, you know, was very fantasy, but still kind of edgy. And then like later on realizing like, oh shit, that's flag. That's, that's the same, you know, but having that for my introduction to flag and then jumping off from there, you know, it just, it just had a really, really cool uh, feeling and effect on me. Like, Oh yeah. Wow, there's, there's a bigger universe going on that you don't even really think about. Well, and we, we love that stuff. I mean, as creatives, we love it as readers. We love it. You know, it, when you realize that there is something so much more, there's little Easter eggs, there's little, all these little things that kind of fit in. Uh, it, I don't know. It awakens something in you, yeah, you know, totally. as, 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 you know, whether, like I said, whether you're a creator or, or just, you know, reading something, it, it really, I don't know. For me, it's, it's the kind of stuff that I like, like reading and that I obsess over and I always want more of it. I say, but I think it goes back to a comic books and B for me, I always think that love of that, like the first time, with, with I think the gunslinger was the first thing I read by King and I was, I don't know how old I was junior high and it was in the library and I just read it. And I read some interview with him. This, so this is like right before the second book came out. 
I, and now it's like, this is pre it, more or less pre-internet. So I don't even know where I read this interview. Maybe I invented this, but I swear I read something. So it might've been in the back of the book or, or whatever, but he talked about how he realized slowly that like the dark tower is a nexus between all, you know, and, and, you know, now like shared universe is, is a thing everywhere, right. In, in Hollywood and whatnot, but I still love it. But that was the first time I encountered it. And it made me think of the way I used to play with my toys because I would make sure that there was a way that like GI Joe and the transformers came together and it didn't have anything to do with the stories that were in the cartoons or, or even the comic books. It was like my own thing. Mm -hmm. And you can't share it with anybody, but it was just like something about realizing that with King's world and what he was doing, I was like, Oh my God, he's like playing with his toys and everybody gets to like play along. And it just blew my mind. It's funny. Cause that really reminds me of, um, you know, doing that exact same thing with all my toys, transformers and Ninja turtles and stuff, you know, when I saw um, on parks and rec, when Patton Oswald did his oh. filibuster, <laughs> Which is pretty much going to come to pass in reality now that Disney owns it. I mean, it's like, it's like okay. Yeah. yeah. When he starts we start bringing in X-Men into the yeah. Star Wars and everything. And I'm like, dude, that's what I did when I was a kid. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know. It's it's joy. And I, th I think that's, that's you know, that's one of the things. Yeah. It's like, it, it's, it's pure joy in creation reading something you know uh, you know you you know you talk about in comics you know when when you would find out that this character that's this new bad guy that that you're just you know you you're just getting into fantastic four and you, and you had no idea that like this had been the big villain from the avengers forever right it's now coming you know and, and those things would happen and and yeah, I, th I think it's it's uh, it's something that we've had a lot of fun doing forever. You know, I I mean, you know, even uh, I think about um, Alan Moore's League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. one of those, those really great examples of, of taking that mashup aspect and being like, yeah, well, what if you know, what if what if Mina and the Invisible Man and like all these characters can exist in the same space? all these fictional characters and it's you get so excited when you have that when you know, the moment yeah. you see the nautilus pop up out yeah. of the water, you're like okay this is, <laughs> this is perfect yeah i uh i don't know i yeah we're just sitting here geeking out about, about making mashups <laughs> and I, I i love it yeah same um so now i i do have a question um you, I'll, I'll go super geek on you. So in Red Mother, um, with issue 9, issue 10, um, I am going to delve into a little bit of spoilers here for uh, just for the sake of the conversation. So the masked guy who comes and attacks uh, Daisy and, uh, you know, in the chapel and everything, then out on the street. Do you, like... Do you think we're ever going to kind of get some backstory as far as like, was that guy part of an organization, a society? Like, how did he, how did he know to do what he was trying to do? Uh, yeah, I, I think that we're going to definitely see 
um, you know, more of that group again. And nice. So it's, you know, and, and I will say this, as much as I want to be able to tell all these stories, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And as much as I, I do have the connective tissue both in my head and then, you know, I've got my, my, my notebook right here. That's just, this is the, this is the second one that I filled in, uh, in the a Bible, year. right? Uh, yeah. I just, um, but like, uh, I know, I know what I want to do with this stuff. I, of course it, you know, the time to be able to actually do all of this. So, so um, I think the next story that I'm going to, that I'm the next mid-sized story that I'm writing definitely does connect back. Um, I don't know if it's going to be one that's going to give a ton more answers, but it'll give some. And, and that's, and that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, um, one of the things that I've been ha- having a lot of fun doing is um, uh, I'm, I'm doing this thing called homology, which is, I, I saw it on, on your website. Yeah. It, it's basically, it's, um, I love the idea that if you add a T to my name, it becomes haunt. Yeah. And then, so, so do I. <laughs> yeah. So, so homology just fit flowed perfectly. I actually initially said it as a joke. Uh, and then my buddy was like, that's actually really cool. And I was like, ah, oh, shit, this is, you know, this is now, now. <laughs> but, um, but my, uh, my homology stories that I've been doing, I've been releasing them on Patreon for now. Oh, nice. And, um, I, l- let's see, uh, la- Wednesday last. So, so a week, a week ago, I released my 15th short story. So they are, um, they are black and white stories written, drawn, and lettered by me. So I, I, I do everything on these stories in black and white because I love black and white. Oh, yeah. They are between one and 15 pages in length, each one. And I release them biweekly. So I guess for the past 30 weeks, I've been releasing these damn things. Now, um, do you have these stored up or are you literally like doing them and then releasing them after they're done? Um, I have, I'm, I'm generally like, I tried to be three ahead and then, okay. uh, and then we had a death in the family, you know, just normal things that happen right. in life. And now I'm about one and a half ahead. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, and, and well, I also really screwed myself over because, uh, you know, one or two or three page short stories, I can pretty easily do pretty quickly. I don't know why the hell I'm like, Ooh, this would make a great 15 page short story. And then I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get everything else done. I have to get done plus write and draw and letter these things and make them good. But they're all, um, and I I don't want to ever say like, Hey, the only way you're going to get more information is by getting these things. But, um, but there are a lot of connective things that run through these stories. And, and really the project started out because um, comics massively did the pencils down thing, right? You know, they were like, hey, we know you're working on this thing. We know, but you know, we're not gonna be able to work for six and a half months. So 
you know, for that first six and a half, you know, basically from, you know, March, you know, toward, towards, you know, through the summer, most of us in comics didn't really have a regular, you know, our gig was not. Right. And even things that came back were often done provisionally. Like they were like, Hey, we're coming back, but you can only work on, this issue and then we have to approve it and then you know but really oh, change the structure of comics and so i don't do well with that sort of thing like i probably should have played more video games and just done <laughs> you know marathon tv stuff with my kids but i need to work i need to get these these demons out right right um, uh and so i said okay i'm going to start creating these short stories i didn't know what i was doing necessarily even in the beginning but i wanted to deal with the feelings and thoughts and emotions that came from covid from 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 being in lockdown and from having to right. deal with terrible things right uh and I, I realized that the themes were were loneliness loss confusion all these things and i and i wanted to examine with each story something that i was going going through or people around me were going through and some of them became really personal and, and very beautiful some of them were just like little goofy things that kind of but in these and not in everyone but i i have like my mythology stories so there are certain stories where the thing in that story connects back to the red mother and the four and seven and um like for instance one that i've been working on for a long time it's a, it's a 15 pager it's really um it's really one of the longer stories i'll even tell you the name of it it's called uh, rooms in the flat house and um it's very much connected to the red mother and i actually in that story show you two more of the heralds Ooh. and i talk about a third herald that you will see in an upcoming project so oh, awesome yeah so like there's there's little nods and little things and um it, it's been a way for me to kind of expand my universe in short stories little bursts and have fun and stay sane you know, while all this is going on. That's awesome. I, I love that. That's fantastic, man. Oh my God. Now, if you could, could you uh, just drop us your, uh, your, your Patreon link so that way people can go check these out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm on it right now. So I, I, I can oh. put, I'll put it up when the episode goes up. I, I actually have a question like, so what level do you get these uh, access to the stories? It's, it's the $5 level. So, so oh. basically what that ends up being is, um, and I, I don't know about the two of you, but I always have such guilt whenever I'm asking anybody for, for money for anything. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Giving you, you know, I, I want to make, give you your money's worth. So um, you can do the $1 level and there's, I hope I unlock some stories sometimes and I do various things that you can get just at the $1 level, but the $5 level basically breaks down to, you know, it's, it's 250 per story that I produce, you know, because they're bi-weekly, but then I do, um, I do these time-lapse Tuesday things where you actually see time-lapse videos of me inking 
Oh, that's awesome. Oh, nice. I do. Um, there was one called Sabbatical at the Elms, which is um, a story about a guy going to the hotel that I went to and writing there. Um, uh, I did a lengthy discussion, you know, audio commentary. So I, I, I do I do my time lapse stuff, and then I'll do audio commentary over the time lapse video. Oh. Some of those are ten minutes long. I just released one that was about ten minutes. Uh, that one I think was like thirty minutes long. Uh, I do talks about various things, you know, uh, along the way. I I do uh, I release like I'm doing this thing called um, Ashcan Theater, which is basically me release re-releasing all of the original artwork from like the realm, all fifteen issues. You just could see it in black and white without any lettering or color. Or oh, awesome! Oh, wow. Just the pages. Um, I do some stuff about you know like um, what tools I work with. Uh, I go in and like anytime. I did this thing called Thirty One Days of Halloween. Uh, I not, I saw that. Which oh man, it it was a lot of fun. It was me drawing basically every day for for the month of October. I drew a horror character. Yeah. I had so much fun with it. I ended up drawing, uh, I think, 79 horror characters in oh, damn. in uh, in the month of October. Um, but I published a little book with that. But like, I would I would draw those, and I would release them. I would give my view my patron patrons a, a sneak peek, so they would get to see them early. Like they would mm-hmm. get to see them a little bit before everybody else did. Uh, so, you know, it's a lot of stuff like that. Various, but the $5 one gets you access to all that stuff. And then I do stuff like, um, I have a thing where uh, we can do like a cocktail hour where literally, you know, we sit there and have some whiskey over like this over Zoom. We sit there That's and we awesome. chat about whatever they want to chat about. It's been really great. I've, I've uh, one of the guys that I talked to, um, is is a really great guy that's 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 building short stories of his own. We talk a lot about craft and stuff like that, but you know various things. So there's there's all these different tiers, but basically the five dollars gets you access to all the hauntology stuff. You know if if that's not your bag, um, once I get to a hundred pages, and I think I'm at about sixty pages right now, um, I'm going to uh, release a some kind of a collected edition i don't know if i'm going to do it as a kickstarter yet or if i'm going to find a publisher for it or how that works i uh i very much like the idea that i've built this and i've told the you know, I've, done, I've done these stories um I, I love i love anthologies but i think in comics they get tricky but i but i always loved like you'd get a stephen king short story collection or a laird baron Oh yes, I knew you were a Laird Baron fan. <laughs> yes, good taste. Uh, yes, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I would. I would honestly say that right now, my vying for my favorite author, uh, Laird Baron or Nathan Balagrad is. Yeah, I knew you were going to say Nathan Balagrad. Oh my yeah, god, um, those two guys—they're—they're they're magic. They—they they make me uncomfortable which is back to that feeling of being 12 again. Yeah. And yeah. Oh. Uh, I, I, I will say that I, I don't, I don't want to 
there's a very good chance that that at least I will do something with one of those guys at some point. I, I'm, that would I'm, be amazing. I, I I love I love their work so much, and they're both amazing gentlemen. And uh, but anyway, but what I was saying was, um, uh, you know, the I love how they collect short story collections that are just purely them, right? Yeah. Like um, the beautiful thing that awaits us all. Yeah, uh, uh, Laird Barron's collection made me feel so uneasy and so confused about the world through his lens. And I, I wanted that as a creative myself and, and I don't do prose, but I, I do comics and, and I, I love anthologies in the way that like um, I mean, the, the best of them you know, like Batman Black and White or something like that is always it's near perfect. And it's always this fantastic group of, of A-list creators. But a lot of times, you know, even like old issues of heavy metal or something like that, you get them and you'd be like, oh, this is a Mobius story. I love this. Or, oh, this is a Richard Corbin story. I love this. But then you'd have this one over here and you're like, I don't know, that that really wasn't for me. I love the idea that if you buy a Laird Baron collection, you know exactly what you're getting from him. You know yeah. that these are the stories and you know there's not ups and downs necessarily other collections that you have with with different people are fantastic too in a a different way but like i wanted to as as a creative i in comics i wanted to make a collection of short stories that was all me 100 percent me and uh so yeah that's what homology is and and you know i'm doing it as the patreon now but eventually we'll get a nice hardcover or something like that out of it It'll be fun. That's awesome. really cool. Yeah, we'll have to keep our eyes out for that. Well, I'm definitely going to be a five dollar member as soon as I. I was trying to do it on my phone right now, but I'm not logged into Patreon. I don't know how to log into anything without. <laughs> yeah, I need I, my like my password list because everything has different requirements. Yada yada yada. What what, what um, is what is it about technology? It's it's supposed to make our lives so much easier. Like literally, I can send anything from my iPhone to my desktop or my laptop or my ipad or whatever the hell but if i'm needing to figure out my password on my laptop and i haven't used that you know like it just never connects right i don't know it's always a pain yeah. in the ass like i know i just i found myself endlessly repeating for the last few years like modern life is rubbish and it's just you know it's like the best invention in my opinion in the last like two years is the thing when you sign in with your password you can hit show password and any Mm -hmm. website that doesn't do that now i'm like why 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 wouldn't you do that (laughs) right yeah it's it's like the same thing that you, you know technology is supposed to have made um everything so much better but then arguably you get into like CGI monster effects, right? And you're like, man, I, it's close sometimes, but like, you know, it's, you're never going to um, beat K&B no, building no. something and messing it up, you know? No, yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's like the, uh, it's like the thing prequel that they made. Yeah. Cause well, they, cause they actually made all of the practical effects for it. And then the studio said, no, it looks too old and cheap go over it all with cgi what's what's really weird was i don't know if i had been drinking when i saw the 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 
prequel if prequel i guess yeah yeah prequel but like um i had seen so many of the practical creature effects and even footage with some of those not not completely finished but like early stuff that i forgot how i was like no that was all practical too they really did it completely forgetting and like I went back and watched it again with my son recently, my 16-year-old, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I remember. Like I remembered it being super cool, and it was just still shots of of the creatures that they had painted over and stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. And they, I remember reading that they actually like reverse engineered like the beginning of the thing where it's like there's blood here. Why is that there? This door has an accident. Blah blah blah. Oh yeah. I never oh, yeah. bothered to see it when I heard that they you know got rid of the the practical effects, but I haven't seen this either, but apparently the effects company went and made a movie called Harbinger Down. I've seen that. Because yeah. they're like, well, we have all this stuff. We might as well just make it. So people are like criticizing Harbinger Down as, oh, it's a thing ripoff. It's like, wait, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Let's be absolutely clear. It is the thing. It's yeah, it's like, just the one that they weren't allowed to make, right? Yeah. Um, it, I, I kind of, I, I actually... I didn't know that they had done that. And I, and I, re- I was like this is very thing like, and then I found out, you know, cause you end up looking, you know, looking at it and doing research after you watch it. And I love the idea of that kind of creativity where it's like, Hey, we have all this shit. Let's just do something cool with it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think that sometimes the best things come out of weird situations like that not having enough money, having to make, having to reuse stuff, you know, from forever ago for something. It's, it's yeah, a, th- that's how innovations happen. Yeah. 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 And plus it's that like, kind of, I mean, it sounds cheesy, but that like can do attitude where it's like how many people would have probably, especially, I mean, just the malaise of Hollywood that you always hear about, like would have just like dumped it, but they're like, fuck it. Let's make our own movie. Right. You right know? I mean, that's just super cool. Yeah. And I don't know. Um, can I ask you about, I picked this up recently. Oh, yeah. Narcoleptic Sunday. Okay. Man, good read. Thanks, man. I I, uh, I need, we keep thinking about like reissuing it or something like that. I'm trying to figure out how we would do it. There's, it was one of the earliest things that I ever wrote and um, it needs a good edit. <laughs> it really does. But uh I, man, well, you know, but I'll just, I, I mean, I'm not going to tell you about your stuff, but I will just say, I felt like it was lean. I mean, okay. it, it, I sat down and the only, the only reason I didn't finish it in a single sit, sitting is because I wake up extremely early for, for work. And so I just got to the point where I was like, I have to stop right now, or I'm going to read the rest, which really, I just started too late at night. Had I started an hour earlier, it would have been not an issue, you know, but it was like the mail came late and I, oh, yeah. blah, 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 blah. So, but it, it's, it's tight and it just pulls you right through, man. It, and it was just hysterical because the, the, the whole idea that the character, you know, is, is narcoleptic, although he, he says it's not narcolepsy, that it's, you know, possibly due to depression or whatever. And I don't know enough about narcolepsy to know if you know what so i don't want to like offend anybody out there listening but you know you would think that it would be like because he falls asleep that it wouldn't quite pull you through so quickly but man even the way that you make him fall asleep and wake up it like it has the effect of being disorienting so that i get that he's disoriented i feel a little bit of that but i never feel like it slows it down ever it's just 
I, I, I had a lot of fun making that. I, um, that story, the, the reason that that story exists was um, I had the idea for it. I've been kind of mulling it around in my head. But like with most things, especially in that, at that point in my life uh, where I was mostly working as an artist and usually trying to draw two books at the same time and be an idiot, overworking myself. And I was always like, oh, I want to write. I want to write more. I, I have all these stories I want to tell. And I had this laundry list of like 20 things. But, but Narcoleptic Sunday was on there. And I, and I knew I knew what the story was and how I wanted to handle it. Um, but I never would have written it except uh, we, you know, here in the Midwest, we get these ice storms that can kind of wreck things. And uh, over the holidays, we were at my wife's parents' house and we were there and got hit with an ice storm and ended up having to stay on their farm with no electricity. So it's like the wood stove, you know, candles, if you want to be up at all. Um, and I had a bunch of mead composition notebooks there. And uh, so I actually wrote that entire story longhand. Oh, wow. Uh, over the course of like three days. That was, that was all I did. I literally just right. sat there and wrote and wrote and wrote. It, it's it's cool. It's a it's a nice you know like the noir um, trope of like you know the two people meet, go home together. One of them wakes up and the other one's dead. I mean it's you know it, and by tr by trope, I'm not taking away from it whatsoever. I mean I love that there are these tropes because it it's a launching you know, pad for, for different artists to do their take on it. And I, I just really, really liked yours. I thought it was cool. I, I love, you know, I don't know. I, it's always weird whenever you read something and, and somebody's like, well, this isn't something, you know, like we've seen elements of this before. And I'm like, well, of course you did because yeah, you, the reality of it before. Well, like, like if you come up with something that is absolutely 100% whole new and different, you're on a different level than I am and, and a different level than most people because yeah. everything has kind of been examined to one degree or another. We have, we have, we have our, on our space phones, you know, mm -hmm. example, you know, we have the entire, you know, the entirety of human history and entertainment and all these things easily mm -hmm. accessible to us. It's just right there. We slept. We well, I'm a musician, so I play in a band, and there's uh, that kind of expression that goes with it, that there's only 12 notes, and we all have to share them. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Well, that's, that's the thing. It's it's like, you know, uh, I um, I was watching uh, Dispatches from Elsewhere, uh, and it's got um, Trip Reznor and Atticus Ross do a lot of mm -hmm. soundtrack stuff. Mm -hmm. and Atticus Ross did the... Uh, there's a, a, one of the themes in that. And I heard it and I was like, oh my God, I wrote that. And <laughs> so then I went and pulled out a sound file that I had done on my keyboard. It was like, dun, 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 dun. And, and that, that thing was in that show. And I was like, that's the weird thing because there's just 12 notes and that's the, you know, and like, the idea that these things are out there, um, it, 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 it's magical. And, and, you know, 
I, I do, as much as I don't believe in anything, I, I do like the idea that, that creativity has a repository somewhere and to a degree we're just pulling that out. Yeah. You know, that Sandman thing about every story that's ever been written exists yeah. in the library of dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think themes are fun to examine. And I think that it's, it's, you know, you, uh, occasionally you get, you know, Armageddon and deep impact in the same year and that's fine. And it's weird, but like, you know, your story is not going to be like mine. Let's just have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. People are like, how many times you can, you know, can you see the slasher, you know, but, but I could see it endlessly as long as like, because somebody else is doing it. So they're doing it a different way, you know, and noir is like that. I mean, a lot everything, like you said, everything's essentially like that. So. Yeah. I think it, the best, one of the best examples of that, Sean is um, cabinet in the woods. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Where like horror is <laughs> a big sandbox and they're just like, we're taking all the toys. Um, but yeah, I mean, the only, I feel like the only writer that I've I've read that where I was like I don't even understand where this is coming from is China Miaville. He's got a couple books that I'm just like I don't I don't which was really interesting because it made like it was hard to read at first. Like it I could feel my brain like adapting to it. And so that was an interesting experience, but it's also not something that you can entertain light like those are I'm due for a reread of a couple of them, but it's like, I, I, you know, I can't put the energy into it right now. Um, I don't know. The creative process is just amazing. And I love hearing about yours. Definitely. I just like making things. And I, and I I love, I, I love, I love, I love stories. I love creating my own. I love reading other people's, um, I, I just want, you know, for, for me, it's, it's always that thing where it's, it's like, I just want to be able to tell more stories. You mm-hmm. know, I, I, um, I don't even always know that's going to sound so lame, but like, I don't even always know that the shit's good. I just know that it's in my head and I can't get it out. And maybe it's going to be something really special. Maybe it's not going to work, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to get it out there and then I'm going to make three more. Mm-hmm. And probably one of those is going to be really good. Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. even two, but like, I'm going to keep trying. I, th- I think that, you know, um, I think you look at creatives, you know, films, an easy example, like, like you don't always hit, Right. Like mm-hmm. sometimes you make something and it's really, really special. And then sometimes, you know, there's a weird spell where it's like, you know, well, that didn't work. And, but people that just keep making stuff, it, it's, it's, it's wonderful. You know, you, you don't always get, you know, you, you may hate the new album released by this musician man, the next one really works for you or whatever it is. Oh yeah. Musician over here, you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think that you, you know, music, music, and, and especially like, like, like fiction storytelling is very similar in the way too, that like, you just have to have fun and you have to, you really have to entertain yourself. Yeah. First and foremost. And then you have to be able to experiment a little bit and like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe this one Maybe you really wanted another, like immediately after the Red Mother, you want the next Red Mother. I don't 
necessarily feel that it's right for me to do that. I need to right. do this thing that's just off to the side of that, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but also, you know, maybe, maybe I don't, maybe I don't want to do another straight horror thing. Maybe I want to do uh, another noir thing or whatever it is. And, and if you like what I do well enough, come along for the journey because I'm going to give you more and yeah. it might not always be the same thing, but man, it's going to be fun. Amen. Well said. Real quick, and so just let us know when when you want to cut. I don't want to monopolize your entire evening, and you are ahead of us as well. So, um, yeah, what, what, what is it like noon out there in LA? <laughs> yeah, but, isn't, it always, isn't it always noon? <laughs> it is always noon. <laughs> Feels like um, it. Since you brought up Alan Moore, I love asking writers this. So are you familiar with his story about how he was sitting in a pub one time when John Constantine walked in and talked to him? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and Grant Morrison did a lot with that too, where it's basically like the fiction becomes this like, like microverse that affects the macroverse as above. So below, have you, have you ever experienced something where you feel like, and I, I, I know you're not a believer, so I'm not necessarily saying that it's supernatural, uh, but have you ever written something that then like in some capacity, like I don't want to say came true, but like seemed like it rubbed up against your regular life in some way where you're like, Oh, that's weird. I think a lot. And I'm, I'm, I'm never sure if it's because that's where my headspace is. It you know, is because I've been looking for that. Right. Um, uh, recently I had, I had this, this thing that I've been wanting to write about. And I, and I was messaging a friend and I said, do you know anything about this thing, this thing that I've been researching? And he was like, you're joking. Right. And I was like, no, what, what, you know, like you live in San Francisco. This is kind of from San Francisco. It's kind of why I was asking, but like, have you, and he's like, I am so obsessed with that he's like, literally right now I have tabs open on my computer Oh wow! about this thing. He's like, what, why did, he's like, did you know, did, did my husband tell you about like what's going <laughs> on? I was like, no, I was like, I didn't know, it, you know? And then we started talking about it and like all the points of reference that we were kind of making was like stuff that as friends, we had been, independently researching and doing and like we were sending each other articles that were the same art like i would send (laughs) like you know what about this one and he's like oh no that's you know and um that sort of thing happens a lot and you know i don't know if it's if it's like the zeitgeist or if it's um you know some kind of uh cosmic push that we're getting but um it's, you know, it, it is amazing when you open yourself to creativity, what happens, you know, the, the, the second that you step just the side of, of normal everyday life, you know, um, I, you know, and I, I think it's, it's weird because I'm, I'm actually tripping myself up thinking about like, you know, for as much as I don't believe in any of that stuff, God, I want to, I want to so badly, you know, it's, it's like, if I could just get past the, the, you know, the logic issues that I have with something and be like, I want to, you know, cause I, I want to believe in dragons and fairies and vampires and monsters, you know, like the, that world's cooler, 
You know, it's it, it's a yeah. it's a lot. You know, it's a lot more interesting than the boring ass shit that we have to deal with. You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's not even really. Is it logic that prevents it, or is it just like the lack of actually? You, you know, I mean, for me, it's like I don't know that I'm a believer, but I mean, I've had some things happen to me where I'm like, okay, I was tapped into something that's outside of the normal reference point for me and most humans that I know. Um, but it, you know, I've never had it act like I've never seen a ghost. I know people who. I love and respect who say that they have, and I believe them, but there's still, when you have not seen, just taking a, the ghost thing as an example, no matter how much you believe somebody that you love and respect who has seen a ghost, there's still an element of your brain that's going to be turn away at it because you haven't experienced it, right? Right. Well, and I, and I do think that, um, you know, I, I, I live in, in the literal Bible belt, right? Like, so, you know, uh, like, Right here, Joplin, Missouri is the buckle of the Bible Belt. Um, you know, I, I grew up around religion and and belief and all these things. And I think that that all of our thought processes, be it magic or or religion or belief or, or in these in these things, we all have different reasons that we need it. You know, I think that maybe you need to see a ghost. I think that maybe you need to see God, whatever this is. Um, I don't. I'm not, I don't sit there and ever intend to disrespect somebody because of the things that they believe in. In fact, I think right. it's joyous. I think, I think if you've had an experience with the supernatural, I actually think I envy you. I, I can't get there in my head, like you said, because I haven't ever seen that thing. I haven't, you know, and, and, I, and I, I think that spending your life kind of looking around the corner for those things, you know, kind of wanting to, you know, run into Lestat or whatever it is. You know, <laughs> uh, you know it, it's, it's, it's a little harder for me to see it, but um, you know, but do your thing and have, have fun. And uh, you know, I will not take your ghosts away. Would you rather run into Lestat or run into Gary Oldman's Dracula? Because I'm picking Gary Oldman's Dracula, even though he'd probably kill you and Lestat would probably just try and, I don't know, kiss you or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, like punk rock Lestat, like like the vampire Lestat, that version's pretty cool. Uh, um, Gary Oldman's Dracula, like... I, I, Can I can I say I want Christopher Lee's Dracula? Yeah, you can totally say that. Definitely. Yeah, let's 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 do let's do like like Christopher Lee Dracula. Again, he would probably would just eat you, but like you know, he, he he would at least look really cool and be super menacing with those blood eyes. Well, in, unless you get the scars of Dracula version where it's mostly the rubber bat because because <laughs> they wouldn't pay him what he wanted, so he only did like a couple scenes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um. What what haven't we covered? What would you like to talk about? Uh, like anything you want to promote? Anything you want us to know and the, the listeners to know about? Anything at all? Um, man, I mean, this has been great. Um, I mean, I can talk horror stuff all day. Uh, yeah, kind of. Ha- we've talked, but um, I don't know. Uh, promotion wise, like I said, I've got my thirty one days of Halloween uh, sketchbook. 
little art book out there. You know, you can get that. Uh, you can order everything. Almost everything is available. Like you can either go check my stuff out on Patreon or you can go to my, my web store, which is on my site. Which is really cool. Like I wish all artists, because I always like to buy directly from somebody if I can. It really so helps. I mean, and it's just, it's really, it's, I love the way your site is designed and laid out in the shop, especially. I just think it's really cool. And the Hauntology, you know, uh, uh, combos there, the packages, bundles, that's the word I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, I, um, yeah. I, I like, you know, I, I just, I like making things. I mean, I, that's at, at, at my core, I'm just a nerd that likes, you know, uh, I like paper. I like I like the feel of the tactile feel of, you know, uh, a matte cover, but you know, underneath my fingers, I, I, I love, you know, the smell of comics and, and paper and, um, you know, I, I like one of the things that I ended up doing for for those of you that maybe like want want to try out hauntology stuff, but you're not sure if you want to do. Uh, you know, a Patreon thing or that kind of commitment or whatever you can, you can go. I, I love zines. I, I love like, from back from being a kid, like old comic zines mm-hmm. or music zines and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. You get a, you know, eight and a half by 11 piece of paper folded in half with a, you know, printed off on a copier kind of thing. Um, I did a hauntology zine. So it's got three stories in it. It's available on my site and you can get, three uh like the first three stories from hauntology stuff and it's like four bucks for a zine or something oh, cool. like that so that's like that's an easy way for you to kind of check out what i what i do there and um but you know for me you know i without I, you know i was thinking that you both want to promote your stuff and talk about your stuff, but you don't want to feel like you're hard selling anybody on anything. Uh, you don't feel like you're hard selling at all. And we're asking, like, I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not only asking for the listeners, I'm asking for myself as well. So if that makes it easier. <laughs> well, well, thank you. I, but I just, I, I make this stuff because I like this stuff. You know, I entertain myself. Um, you know, I do, I regularly make stickers that I, you know, my, my, like, literally, I guess, you know, listeners can't hear this, but like, you know, you can go through my, uh, my, you know, my book here and I, oh, I've wow. always got weird <laughs> stickers. You know, these, these are stickers that I'm showing them are from, uh, the shining. It's, it's the twins from the shining by all the these, twins. you know, but like, I, I'm constantly doing, you know, I stick stickers on stuff. I love enamel pins. I love zines. I love art books. And I, I enjoy making those things. And I just, you know, I, I like making them available. And, you know, right now things are weird, you know, uh, for, for all of us, you know, especially the ones of us who would regular go to regularly go to conventions. Mm-hmm. You know, we just missed a year of conventions. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. like, you know, the, the idea that, that, um, last, what was the, uh, last, March was C2E2 in mm-hmm. Chicago. And I was there with, you know, all my friends, all these creators. And we were like, you know, this COVID thing, it's kind of scary. And the next, like a week later, we were all going to go to Seattle to, for Emerald, Emerald City Comic Con. Yeah. And, and COVID hit. And, um, you know, con- conventions are my church, man. Like that's, that's for me, like, like going and getting to, to meet people. And, you know, I, 
you know, I, I have, I have fan friends that like, you know, like you, you wouldn't just be a handshake. I'd be a little hug, you know, mm-hmm. I haven't been able to see these people in over a year. Yeah. Creator friends that like, you know, I would get to see four or five times a year at the big shows and things like that. And that's just, that hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other side of it that I think becomes weird is like for so many of us conventions were a promotional tool, both just in general, but also like, you know, there's a lot of our income. So, you know, you, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you have sketchbooks and original art and all these things. And people have been fantastic. They've been absolutely great about coming on and buying original art from my art dealer or whatever it is. But I think the other side of that is, you know, you don't necessarily get to hand, you know, like, Hey, check out this thing and hand it to somebody. It's like, yeah, right. So yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. You know, I, I keep making stuff even though I don't really have the same outlet to uh, sell it through, but you know, there's my online store and you can check that out. A lot awesome. of really, a lot of really cool stuff on there too. Um, Oh, I, there's so many things I, I want to ask you, but like I don't want to open up a ton of cans of worms. Um, well, I mean, Chris, look, let, let, pick pick two more, and then we'll do that, and then we'll 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 call you know. Then we'll move on to part two next time. There Chris, go. go ahead. You got something? Uh, yeah. So, what would you say is probably either your favorite or just most influential like comic? Good question. Um that you're a jerk <laughs> hey hey let me uh you're um for me you know the the list it's it's a laundry list i mean i, I think oh yeah there's that there's always you know there's there's a hundred things that really informed who and what i am um I'll take a top three. Okay, that makes it easier. Uh, Hellboy, uh, Mike awesome. Mignola's work. Um, I was obsessed with these weird shadow covers from the you know, the Shadow comic that uh, this guy did, and then I realized that's Mike Mignola, and um, and then I found, um, you know. Uh, I kept I kept seeing him pop you know, the Fafair and the Gray Mouser adaptation that he did. Um, he 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 kind of he did this issue of Legends of the Dark Knight that I, that I really loved. That was like the 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 parent of Hellboy and I, like everything stylistically mm-hmm. and all the gothic trappings that he did were in that. And then he made this thing Hellboy, and it's like I saw that and I was like this weird red guy with these goggles on his head well they weren't goggles they were horns but you know i didn't know what the hell they were at first and i i was just obsessed and consistently hellboy you know that that came out when i was in like high school i think probably the 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 beginnings of that stuff and it was huge for me um uh james robinson did a comic called starman um Tony Harris drew a lot of that. Snidgeberg, I think, was was one of the other artists on a lot of it. But um, I know that James hates it when you when you say that he loves Starman. He did other fantastic stuff too. But uh, Starman was really really influential <laughs> on me creatively. 
Um, uh, I'm going to throw a really weird one out there, actually. Uh, Elf Quest, this this weird uh, fantasy. Old epic comics, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wendy Peeney is uh, a genius. She she did something with her her weird little, often sexy, um, elf comics. Uh, those hit me at a really weird time that kind of branched. Uh, I think I was in fourth grade, some fifth grade, somewhere in there, that same time period, where I was reading a lot of you know Tolkien and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and I found those, and they were super cool and. Uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, like I said, the list can go on and on and on. There's oh know. yeah. <laughs> Let me throw one more at you then. Um, what's the what's the the last great horror movie that you saw? Like the thing that you saw that most recently that you were like, I can't wait to watch it again, and it just ended. There are, God, I love so many for so many different reasons. Again, yeah. this, this is. I mean, it doesn't um, even have just any, any one of them that like whatever comes to your head at, the, you know, first, I guess. Yeah. I mean, uh, like it follows was one that, that really hit me. And, and I, I think I've watched it about 10 times now. Um, but um, one that, that like, is pretty polarizing that actually was right around the same time. And this is even with like, cause I can honestly say like hereditary hit me in a way that, that was exactly what I was wanting. Um, the witch kind of did a similar thing, basically anything from a 24 really kind of, mm-hmm. skin but, um, but uh, one that, that's pretty polarizing that I absolutely love, and I realize it's not a perfect film, but um, The Void. Oh, <laughs> nice. you're preaching to the choir. Uh, well, I knew that when we talked earlier about Mandy, I knew that there was probably a good chance that you had some some love for uh, <laughs> for The Void, too. But How is that movie polarizing? Like, you're right, it is, and I don't understand it. I hear people dismiss it or talk bad about it. I'm like, are you out of Like, I don't, I, and, you know, hey, we all like different Loves stuff, it. but I just don't understand how, I just don't understand it. I think that it's perfect. I, yeah. I think we go into things, we always go into things, you're, you're either wanting to say, I can do better, or it my, my head cannon, the thing that I was walking into this with, it wasn't all of those things. Right, you bring baggage. I mean, you know, like, the void, the void is a collection of nods done in a wonderfully fun enjoyable creepy gross way yeah i'm I'm probably gonna go watch this movie again tonight (laughs) um you know i don't um i don't always need something to be perfect you know I, i think that the idea that that at some point we we have you know whether you're saying like the shining is your is your gold standard for where horror hit you or or whatever you know whatever 
horror film was, you know, that was, that was both art and, and so much more. Um, we, we, sometimes we want things to all, all be compared to that. And I don't think that that's fair. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, yeah. you know, um, I think that you can, you can see assault on precinct 13 or, um, or, uh, you know, any number of Carpenter's films, really Prince of Darkness it is as some Prince of Darkness in, in my, my favorite Carpenter movie. Oh, it's so good. You know, Oh, it's unbelievable. But, unbelievable. But, but I, you know, I, I love, I love, I love any story where people are trapped in something, especially by something supernatural. And, you know, um, you could see, you could, you could see there was some uh, Hellraiser in there. There was, there was all, you know, uh, from beyond, there was definitely like, like from, from uh, or sorry, the, the beyond. The beyond. Yeah. 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 Like that, that ending really felt like the beyond. Um, you know, those things can all exist. And, and I think that, the joy of going into things now and saying like, you know, yeah, this, this did influence me. And yeah, this is a little bit throwbacky to, to that time, but it's okay because we all sort of want that. I mean, uh, there's this, this kind of sci-fi ish flick called turbo kid. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, a few years ago, it's like this ultra violent, but yeah. yet somehow like reminded me of all those BMX movies that yeah. you watch as kids and stuff like that. And it's like it's post-apocalyptic and it's, you know, I love that feel and they're not always perfect. And they're, you know, like, um, uh, did either of you see, uh, um, Psycho Gorman? I we just watched it. Le- oh God. <laughs> just, I watched it twice. I watched it Friday and Saturday. <laughs> My 16 year old son, uh, it was, it was his, it was his birthday. And I was like, Hey, do you want to come out and watch a horror movie at the end or at, you know, in the late, late in the evening, you know, well, we had a big dinner and we're like, let's, you know, let's just chill and watch a, watch a movie. And I was like, how about this? And he's like, okay, this looks insane. (laughs) And, and he, he didn't really have like the power Rangers, um, understanding that you know i was like well this is basically ultra violent power rangers yeah um but like some people are going to watch that movie and they're going to be like well that's idiotic mm-hmm. but i don't know if i want to hang out with those people <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. what you like and don't like what you but like it's okay to love the things you love and it's okay to write things that are elevated you know mm-hmm. um i understand why sometimes people give the note of like no pastiches, you know, we're not going to do anything, you know, we're not going to do um, an HP Lovecraft pastiche or whatever it is. And that's fine. Like I, I respect that, but I also think like take joy where you can. And as people that, that like things like, you know, that maybe have their, where their influences proudly, mm-hmm. you know, Maybe maybe we're happier in the end for it. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's what, that, that's what I think. You know, not everything that is special is perfect, and not everything that's perfect is going to be special. Yeah, actually, that's a really good way to say it. Definitely a great way to say it. Well, I mean, you know, and I I love you know as we're talking, I love that like I'm, I'm literally on screen watching you know the, the two of you sitting there with an Army of Darkness poster. 
you know, <laughs> and, and a Mandy poster. And like, like, you know, they're, they're both great films, but I think there's things in either of them that you can kind of be like, well, you know, I didn't like this for whatever. It's like, you know what? I love both of those things. I, I, yeah. they're sheer joy. And, and, um, yes, sometimes it's okay to love something for all the wrong reasons. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, which is basically what I keep telling everybody about me. I'm like, you can love me for, for whatever your reasons are. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, Jeremy, thank you so very much. This is awesome. I mean, I just loved hearing about your process. I love, I still am going to be thinking about the farm with the screaming pigs and the creaky room. And, oh man, just really, that was very cool. And just, I don't know, I, I just really enjoyed talking to you. This has been fantastic, guys. You know, one of the things that I think a lot about in this year of isolation is like, You know, I think normally, you know, you'd be at a convention and you'd meet somebody and you'd kind of talk a little bit. You'd realize like, we like a lot of the same stuff, you yeah. know, yeah. or you might end up having a drink or whatever it is. Yeah. And it's like, I desperately miss that. I miss that feeling. Same. Moments and uh, getting to do this, you know, like, like this is my fuel right now. This, this, this experience and. I think, you know, this, this kind of connection, it's, uh, it's exactly what I need to uh, keep going. Well, just remember, Sean and Chris, those are both really good names for characters. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to Cool. All right. Well, we will let you go, but thank you. Um, and real quick, where can uh, listeners find you on social media, your website? Uh, in my office right here. I'm just saying. <laughs> <gonna be>, <laughs> you'll find my dead corpse just. Uh, <laughs> now, I'll, uh, um, I am on all the social medias. Uh, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram under Jer Han, J-E-R-H-A-U-N. I'm on both. Uh, Twitter, I just kind of occasionally talk about dumb stuff, mostly stuff I like or, or post stuff. Uh, Instagram, I post original artwork. I post um, oh, nice. process shots, a lot of what I'm eating. Because my right now my uh, or and drinking to be honest with you, uh, my sixteen year old son and I have just been going through uh, Roy Choi's cookbook. He's he's the Kogi uh, food truck guy. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. We're going through his cookbook and we're we're making all the recipes from that cookbook together. So you'll see a lot of food stuff in there. Uh, all the whiskey I drink uh, usually gets a shot. <laughs> but, um, oh yeah, not traveling much. So you don't get many travel pictures but but a lot of art and and stuff like that it's much more just about life i think nice. uh, i'm on the facebook thing too um i mostly am there to pretend like i want to talk to family um <laughs> but um you know you can check me out there uh i think instagram is probably the best place to check out what i'm doing just because it's it's such a a variety of stuff mm-hmm. um you know you can like i said you can go check out it's just jeremyhan.com uh that'll link you to ways to get my stuff see some portfolio stuff if you're interested in that um you know and uh, i think those those are the main ways right now uh patreon like i said you can check out patreon too which is you know i mean you know one of one of the best things right now during all this is that it's it is 
it's hard. You know, we, we're all locked away in our houses and not seeing anybody. And, you know, we, we, you know, I think, I think that I got more gray in my beard than when I started all this. And, oh, I know. You're why telling I me. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, um, but what little interaction you can have on, on social media is really is kind of great. You know, I, you know, Chris, and you know, I, we talk on, on, you know, online, um, it's, it is helpful and you know, it's not as good as this, but you know, if, if people are interested in what I do, come on, see what I'm, see more of what I'm doing, you know, drop me a, drop me a message, uh, say hi in the comments, whatever, please do. I always welcome that. Uh, it's great to hear from people during this chaos. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Jer- Jeremy, again, thank you so much for yeah. uh, sitting down and talking with us. Um, we got all 12 issues of Red Mother are out now. The first and um, if the second trade isn't out yet. Uh, no, it is. Shortly. Oh, it is. Yeah. Awesome. And I think the third one, which collects the last four, are is in May, uh, I think, right? Yeah, it's, it's it's a couple months out. Yeah, but, uh, you know, if you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you don't want to wait, you can pick out the single issues or, or, you know, everything's available also on Comixology if you're, you know. That was, uh, what was the name of the title you're doing at Comixologies? Uh, that's 40 Seconds. Yeah. 40 Seconds, and, okay. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a Comixology exclusive. It's through their um, their Comixology originals. Uh, Chris Minton is drawing it. Uh, nice. It's me writing Chris, and Chris is, and Brett Weldley is actually coloring that. Uh, and... Brett is doing some amazing, amazing color work over Chris's stuff. And we've got actually, I'm going to go ahead and Thomas Maurer is our, our letterer and designer on that book and on the beauty and on the realm. And, and Thomas, as you know, letters don't get enough love, uh, mm-hmm. especially on um, 40 seconds. I gave Thomas a couple of problems with like universal translators and how to deal with that sort of oh thing. wow and he and he really he thought through it and it is it is just such a beautifully cohesive book and i, I love nice. the way it came together awesome yeah. very cool well yeah everyone out there make sure you check those out yeah, yeah. and uh we would love you have, have you back on at some point so Please. uh we'll definitely stay in touch and uh yeah just take care of yourself and your family and you know, looking forward to the day when maybe we can uh, raise a pint glass at a convention or something. That would be wonderful. Thanks so much, guys. This has been great. Let's please do it again. Absolutely. Anytime. Absolutely. Okay. Take right. care, Jeremy. Thank you. And it's in, it's those connections. It's like, you know, when you said Laird Barron, I was going to ask you, but I was like, I wanted to find, you know, I mean, there's things I wanted to ask you, but I just, I, I didn't find the right time to ask. So, you know, whatever, but, but that I just had this feeling, man, cause he, he has really, 
he just really like I think I forget how you said exactly, but unnerves you, you know, and like there it's so close to reality, but it's not. I think the first story by him that I like really kicked me was I think it's the actual title, the titular occultation, which is the guy and the girl hold up in a cheap motel room drinking and i think they're on ecstasy and then at some point it's like getting weird but at some point one of them goes out to like the vending machine and there's like a giant fucking turtle like in the parking lot and (laughs) and the way he plays it it's not even horrific it's just like and and that to me was like that's that is terror though because if you walked outside and saw that you know just untethered to anything else that was going on it's like what the fuck just happened to reality which, by the way, is a lot of the last year. Right. It's like this, like, reality is just going through these, like, massive shifts. And it's it's crazy. It's like it just it's like being on a boat that's almost capsized and grab something and hold on. Right. Well, and I, and I think that, that you know, in times of, of massive strife, I think that we find comfort in things that terrify us on a different level. You know, you, you, uh, the real world is, is really fucking scary. And, and I think, I think when you can escape through a supernatural story or through a slasher story or whatever it is, it's perfect. And I think that, you know, um, Baron's stuff does something truly visceral, you know, I, and I, I love the idea that like, He, you know, he he's regularly called like you know the 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 heir to Lovecraft's the feel of Lovecraftian storytelling, um, and and I think that he hits on something maybe without the rampant racism, which is really nice, uh, you know. But like, but like he hits on something that that truly affects me every single time. And, yeah, every time. And you know, I I want. I want to. I want to examine the same things because we have some some of the same like like moments in in life and in and in uh, you know like like inspiration. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I I do love what the man does. Yeah. 